I did not uh, grow up in church at all, really. Um, I was actually an atheist um, before I gave my life to Jesus. Um, grew up in a pretty broken home. Dad wasn't really around. Um, Mom was kind of emotionally absent for the most part. Um, just a lot of drama, a lot of stress, and a lot of heartache. Before I really let him take over in my life, I did feel really depressed and like worthless all the time. Like no matter what I did, I felt like it wouldn't be good enough. Whenever something would happen, I would resort to like self-harm and I'd be like, you know, it wouldn't matter anyway. Like there's no purpose. I felt really alone and I couldn't imagine that there was actually a life outside of suicidal thoughts or depression. So I was hanging out with um, my friends Xander and Robbie, and they were like, hey, we're gonna go to this worship night at the church, you know, you should come. Um, and at first I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty lame, um, <laughs> you know, but I guess I'll go. And so I remember walking through the doors and it just felt different, like already. Um, and it kind of, as the night progressed, you know, during worship, I had seen people worshiping before and really just thought it was fake up until that point. I would see somebody that was happy and I would think that it wasn't real because there's no such thing as actually being happier, like free. And something changed so dramatically while in a prayer huddled up with them and it was just the Holy Spirit fell. Um, I gave my life to him, I, I never looked back. Um, and there was just this, this realness to that night, this, this tangible sense that, that God loves me, he cares for me, he's here, he's seen it all, he's been through it all um, and he still wants me, you know? I know that it's real to be happy and that it's real to feel bold and it's real to just feel joy because he gave it to me and I have that now. It's like the happiest I've ever been and it doesn't feel temporary. There's, there's nothing as, as fulfilling or as meaningful as, as serving him with my whole life and there's been a joy that is really inexpressible. I remember um, in high school, people would constantly ask me, um, my junior year, you know, what happened to you? You're a totally different person now. And really the only thing I could say was, I experienced Jesus and this is what he did for me and he can do it for you too. And now it feels like no matter what I experience, like he's always right beside me, even whenever I can't hear him or I can't see him in what I'm experiencing, like he's close to me. Like now, I feel excited to wake up, and I feel excited to step out and try new things. And whenever I feel afraid, I feel happy somehow in knowing that he's going to use that fear for something so much bigger. Come on. Come on, come on. Amazing. I want to welcome everyone today to this Student Ministries Takeover. I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online and, of course, everybody here at our Little Creek campus. Can we put our hands together and welcome everyone today? Come on. How many people know that God is on the move in His church? God is on the move in His church. I get fired up watching those testimonies. And can I say, that is just a glimpse at what God has been doing in our Student Ministries I'm excited this opportunity. I'm excited to be able to share uh, with my family today. Before I get into today's word, I want to touch on two things just really quickly. The first thing is this. I want to honor our senior pastor, Pastor Steve Robinson, who is grateful for Pastor Steve Robinson. Let's put our hands together for him. It's been a, 
it's been an amazing experience just watching him lead through this season. He's not just a brilliant leader, an intelligent man, but he has also become a spiritual father to me and my wife. And uh, it's just been awesome being a part of this church family and seeing him run after God's heart, run after God's vision at a time where a lot of people uh, are feeling the weight of the chaos. And so uh, I'm excited to be under his leadership in this season and where, and where God is really bringing our church together as one. Uh, the other thing I want to do is I want to give you guys a little bit more information about our student ministries. I want to thank, first of all, all of our parents. If you're a parent in this room and your student uh, attends either Limitless District or Lead College, can you, can you raise your hand? Come on, hands everywhere. I just want to thank you guys for allowing us to partner with you. I understand that raising teenagers is a difficult thing. We're with them every Wednesday night, and so we get a glimpse into your world. Uh, but I do really wanna thank you for trusting us. Uh, it's an honor, and it's a joy for us to be able to come alongside you and watch God move in their lives. If you wanna know a little bit more about Limitless, we're actually gonna have a graphic on screen for you. Uh, you can text this number when it comes up. It's the number 822. 822. Now that is the number eight, not the word it. Uh, that's my accent. And uh, I'm just praying the Holy Spirit will translate for you today. Uh, if you don't know any, something I'm saying, you can look towards my wife who is in the front row here. If she does this, she doesn't know what I'm saying either. So just roll with it. All right. Uh, but uh, we have Limitless every Wednesday evening. Uh, it's actually across in our annex building. We've been here temporarily, but we're moving back this Wednesday. And uh, we've got two services. We have a junior high service at 6.30 and a senior high service at 7.30. And those services are just an hour long. But can I tell you what God does in that, that period of time is just incredible. We have story after story after story. I'm going to share a little bit more about my own personal story, but I was one of those students walking into a room and an atmosphere as a teenager that I'd never experienced before. And so that, that for me really is my inspiration. I don't ever take it for granted when I see a first-time guest come to Limitless, because that some time ago was a, a little Irish boy called David who came from no Christian background but encountered the presence of God. And, uh, and so if you want a little bit more information, you can text that number if you're a student or if you're an adult and you would like to come and serve with us. As well, I want to turn your attention to something special we're doing. Uh, we've never done this before, but we're having a parent webinar. Uh, we understand that it's a difficult season to parent. There's no handbook for how to do it in this season. And so we have a guy called Mark Gregston who's worked with teenagers for over 20 years. He's going to be doing a special webinar just for our parents uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, as well as that, we have our district. Anybody in here, any students go to the district on a Thursday night? Come on, this whole section are the district right here. Uh, but that is for college-age students. And then, of course, we have our lead college as well. Uh, a four-year accredited degree. We will see our students leave with a bachelor's from Oral Roberts University. And then four years, which is just amazing, four years of hands-on ministry experience. We're not locking them up in the classroom. We're getting them out into the world to share the gospel because people need to hear it. And so there's a lot going on. Can we put our hands together for God and all he is doing through our student ministries? Come on. Well, a little bit more about me personally. I am from the bayou. Uh, no, I'm definitely not. Uh, I am from Northern Ireland. Anybody in here from Northern Ireland? Just me. Oh, wow. No, that definitely wasn't true. <laughs> but uh, it's funny, Pastor Doug said about Chalmette, my first ever time on this stage. 
Uh, Pastor Steve was introducing me a few years ago uh, to a packed auditorium, and he said, which I'm so grateful for, he said, uh, this is Dave Anderson. Dave, here's the mic. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, by the way, Dave's from Chalmette. And uh, I didn't understand why when I began to speak, the whole auditorium started laughing. I didn't know where Chalmette was. Um, but uh, no, I do. And that was an honor to be called the Chalmation. Uh, and... Uh, I've been here for around four years now, my wife and I. My wife is actually from Louisiana. Come on, the Lord give me a Louisiana girl. I'm punching above my weight class. And uh, uh, my wife's parents are here. They're from Baton Rouge. And uh, it's just been an incredible experience, an incredible adventure. My wife was called by God to Ireland about, uh, for about five years, really. Uh, thank you for making me wait, by the way, uh, Tila. And, uh, and she finally answered the call. She came to Ireland. We met there. Uh, we got to know each other over a couple of months, and we started to date. And then we got married in Ireland, and uh, we were there for a couple of years. And then God called us here to this incredible church and this incredible family. And it's just been a journey. We've got a little girl now. She has an American accent, which I'm okay with. Uh, but she's also the most Irish girl that you will ever see. If you see a little two-year-old running around the sanctuary, hyper, and she's got pale skin, bright blue eyes, and reddish blonde hair, that's my daughter. Um, her name is Emerald. We wanted to call her something Irish after the Emerald Isle. It was either Emerald uh, or Patrick, and so we stuck with the Emerald. And, uh, <laughs> but um, no, she's amazing, and she just loves it here. She loves this church, and she loves this family. It's an honor to, to raise our daughter in this environment. Well, I'm excited, a little, a little uh, kind of precursor. I get fired up when I preach. McGregor is not fired up because he's McGregor. He's fired up because he's Irish. We are a people who get passionate. And so if someone can get passionate about fighting someone else in a cage, I'm going to get passionate about the Word of God because it changes lives. Come on. So if, you, if you'll open your Bible with me, if you've got your Bible today, if you'd open it with me to Luke chapter 3, verse 15, uh, we're going to read just two verses today. All the students said, amen. And uh, we're going to get into God's word together. It says this, it says, now as the people were in expectation, we can put a pause on it right there, as the people we're watching the clock and saying, when can I get out of church to go get some seafood? No. As the people were bored and saying, mom, can you please just stop bringing me to church every weekend? No. As the people were in expectation, as the people were confidently awaiting, as the people sensed something was about to happen, and all reasoned in their hearts about John, John the Baptist, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water. I love this, but one mightier than I is coming. He said, you think you've got a good right now with me? Wait till you see who is on the horizon. Wait till you see the one that God is sending. He said, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. For all the students, he said, I'm not even able to touch his Nikes. Like this man who's coming, get ready for what God is about to do. And he gives them a little preview. He says, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, amen. Anybody get excited knowing that Jesus brings his Holy Spirit and fire? What I love about this passage is that the key to verse 16 taking place, the Holy Spirit and fire falling, is found in verse 15. Now, the people were in expectation. 
Expectation can be defined as a state of awaiting with confident anticipation. Some of you who are getting ready for the NFL season know very well what expectation feels like. This is the Saints year. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, And if you don't believe that, we'll pray for you. Uh, A little context about this passage. This is on the back of 400 years of silence. The Old Testament ends in Malachi and there's no words. There's no words from prophets. God isn't speaking. And we see in verse 16, a little hint at the kind of atmosphere the Holy Spirit was waiting for in order to pour himself out and fill his church that the, the Holy Spirit was ready to bring his fire and it was because the people were in expectation. Other translations say people's hopes began to rise while the people were filled with anticipation. I love this translation. It says, everyone was gripped with expectation. I wanna ask you today at Church of the King, are you expecting? Don't ask the person beside you because you might get slapped if you ask them, are you expecting? And they're not. But are you expecting today? Did you come into God's house just to be in God's house? Or did you come into God's house knowing that God's presence is here? Knowing that the one who created the universe and could do all things is here today. You're not just in the presence of family, but you're in the presence of a father in this place. Are we expecting? If every time my wife and I met up and got on a date, she would get bored very quickly if I came with a roll, uh, with a, a sheet of routines and a, and a checklist. If, if I brought her to the same place every time we went on a date and we spoke about the same things, after a while she'd be like, this Irish man has lost his mind. <laughs> but how often do we as the church just show up and church just looks the same because we have an idea of what it looks like? And we don't come expecting Do you know that the difference maker between dead routine religion and a live authentic relationship is a spirit of expectation? It's faith. It's coming knowing, God, I've got things going on, but I know you're greater. And I magnify you. And the word magnify, I used to think, what does that mean, God? Magnify you. Do I make you bigger? No. It means you focus on God. And when you realize how big he is, all of the stuff that you're dealing with doesn't disappear but it turns, it, it turns into the size that it should be, small and inadequate compared to our incredible God. And that's what we do when we come into God's presence. We come with expectation. I love what David said. King David said in Psalms 119, verse 126, he said, it is time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. They have regarded your law as not valid, as empty. What I've realized is in times of the unexpected, like the season we all find ourselves in, we tend, we tend to, to lower our expectations of God. When the unexpected takes place and things happen, we tend to lower our expectations of our God. But I want to remind you today, Church of the King, that whilst our world and people's opinions and their words and what we think and feel may be ever-changing, we have a God who never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whilst we lower our expectations in the world and the different things that are going on, I'm telling you, our God is the same. He wants to do the same miracles, even greater, he said, through Jesus. Jesus said, even greater things you will do when the Holy Spirit and my fire fall on your life. Even greater things. Is anybody ready for the even greater, the even greater things in this season? You know, Ireland is a... It's a very small place. Some of you may know that. I've got my Irish green on today for all my Irish family watching back home. 
It's probably midnight at this stage because the time difference is so different. Um, but uh, Ireland is a very small place. I found out just a couple of days ago that you can fit eight Texases inside of, wait, no, eight Ireland's inside of Texas, right? Ireland, I was going to say Ireland's very big. It's a continent. <laughs> you can fit eight Ireland's inside of Texas. In Ireland, if you walk a couple steps right, you fall in the water, you get back on land, and you kind of veer left and you're in the water again. That's how small it is. I had never, ever flown in Ireland and landed again in the same country. I got, I got to America and I got on the plane for the first time. We traveled to another state. I get down and they're like, they're all talking the same language. This is amazing. And so, uh, so my family and I would uh, broaden our horizons once a year and get out of Ireland. And uh, we went to Spain and uh, we used to love going to Spain once a year. Um, our favorite part of the entire trip was my sister and I, uh, we loved going to this. It was almost like a Spanish sea world. It was this huge water park, but it had events and it had shows and performances. And the main part of this entire day was at the very end of the day with hundreds and hundreds of people there. Uh, people would go to this, this massive auditorium and there would be a final event, like a big finale. And uh, what would happen there is one person every year would be chosen to be a part of the performance. And I remember that we had always wanted to be a part of it, my sister and I, but something would always come up. The, the park would close because of thunder and lightning, or they would be doing renovations. And this particular year, my sister and I looked at each other on the plane, and we were like, this is our time. And my sister started to express how excited she was. She said, David, I don't know why, but I feel like this is my year. I'm going to be part of the performance. And being the good sibling that I was, I encouraged her. I said, I believe the Lord is saying that it is your time as well. No, I didn't. I immediately got competitive and I said, it's my time. All the siblings in the room said, amen. And I was like, this is my year. And so uh, we get through our day at this water park and uh, we get all dried off. You know, we got in our bathing suits, our swimming gear, whatever. And I put my t-shirt on, my sunglasses, my hat, my sandals, and we get there to this auditorium. And I'm going through this performance and I'm watching and then something just seemed different. I began to get a little expectant. I was like, there's something about to happen. And I looked around. And people were just sitting there just eating their popcorn. People were drinking their Coca-Colas. You know, like in the movie theaters when they do it really loud, like, like that person, I was surrounded by those people. And, uh, and I'm like, there's, what's going on? Like, I, I feel like something's about to happen. And then I had a light bulb moment. I thought, it's about to happen. And I said, I better get ready. And so I'm not joking. I take my hat off. I take my sunglasses off. I take my t-shirt off. I set it aside. I'm in my swimming shorts. I take my sandals off and I just stand up in the middle of the auditorium like this. <laughs> my mom and dad are like, he's lost his mind. What are you doing? Sit down. And I'm like, no. And I just stand there. Of course, my sister's starting to get a little irritated because she's starting to figure out what's going on. This man comes out and he starts to speak in Spanish. And uh, us Irish, we don't do too well at other languages. We just about speak English correctly. And, uh, and so I didn't know what he was saying. But I started to see the people started to get restless. And I was like, I know what's happening. This is the moment. And out of nowhere, as he's scanning the crowd, he meets eyes with me. And I'm like, that's right. Oh, yeah. Standing with my arms sat at, sat at, my, at my sides. He said, you. And I'm thinking, goodness, I hope that's the English word you. And not like sit down in Spanish. I'm like, me? He said, You in front of hundreds of people. I let out this cheer of celebration. My sister lets out this whelp of weeping. No! And I make my way down, and I'm not joking, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I'm like riding on the back of a dolphin in front of hundreds of people, 
I turn back around. I'm like holding on to this rope on top of dolphins, just waving at the crowd. I look at the crowd. People are like cheering, shouting things in Spanish. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I see my sister. She's the only one there crying, saying, I'm going to kill you. Just bawling. And I was thinking of this story as I was putting this message together. And I said, Lord, why are you reminding me of this story? And he said, because you need to pray for forgiveness. No, he didn't. Uh, I said, why are you reminding me of this story? He said, David, you had the experience because you got expected. He said, David, you got ready. You sensed that something was happening and you got ready. And you had the experience because you were expected. And I've got good news today at church. That God doesn't show up in this auditorium and say, just one person. Just one of you. If you get expectant, I'm going to choose you and you'll get filled. And it's probably going to be Pastor Steve because he's preaching or Pastor David because they're preaching. God doesn't say that. God comes into this, this auditorium with his presence, his arms open. And he says, if anybody would get expectant, they'll experience me and something will change in their lives. That's good news today. That's good news today. Reminds me of the story of a man called Bartimaeus. He's often referred to as blind Bartimaeus. Isn't it amazing how the world will label us by the things we struggle with? Label us by the things that maybe even weren't our fault that we deal with. And I think of this man, and I was reading the book of Mark, and this is what it says. It says that Jesus was in his vicinity. How many people know when Jesus is around, things can change? It's not just a normal day when Jesus is around. That's why I love the weekend. Because I get to be with family and Jesus is there with me every other day. But there's something special about being at this church and being in this house. And Jesus was in the vicinity and it says this in Mark 10 verse 50. It says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now often I've brushed over that verse, but when we get a little context, we begin to understand what really took place. You see, in, the, in those times, the government began to realize that there were a lot of people who were pretending to be beggars. And so what they did is they would give out this official garment that if you were officially a beggar, they would give it to you, you would wear it, and so you could be easily identified. And so blind Bartimaeus had one of these official robes. And what's amazing is, is he realized that Jesus is in the vicinity. Just picture this. You're, you're in the same place you are every day. You don't see that things are different, but you hear that Jesus is around. And you may not see that your circumstance is different, but when you hear that Jesus is around, you can start to get expectant. And, and he can't see Jesus, but he can hear that Jesus is around and he gets expectant. And just like me in my story, I took off my garments. I set them aside because I said, I don't need these where I'm going. Blind Bartimaeus takes his robe off in faith and expectation, the labels that people have put on him. And he said, I don't need this anymore. I'm never coming back to this because when I encounter Jesus, something is going to happen. I may not see it yet. I may not feel him yet. But when I get close to him, he's going to do something I'm expecting for him to move. It's not like every other day. The Bible says immediately he received his healing. Immediately. Because he got Expecting, and I get so excited because this was my story. I was a, a 15 year old growing up in a war torn country, civil war going on for decades and decades, and I had given up on the idea of religion, I'd given up on any uh, experience with God. And a friend of mine came to me at school and said, David, your life's messed up. I said, I know it is, I'm very aware of it, thank you. <laughs> he said, I need to bring you to a youth camp we're going to said, bro, I've been to all those things. It's a waste of time. He said, no, David, it's going to be different. 
And for the first time in my life, I got expectant. And I wanna encourage all of you, maybe some of you who are empty nesters now, but you continue to give and you continue to sow into this church. When we put on youth camps and conferences and even on Wednesday nights, everything we do through student ministries, you have to understand none of it goes to waste. There are lives being changed because you guys are creating an atmosphere by your faithful giving. It takes more, and I admire you so much because it takes more to not see and give. And I have the honor firsthand being able to see it happen. But I was a part of one of those camps, and I, and I get there, and on the final night, God fills me with his presence. I began to weep, and the gospel made sense to me. And I leave that place, and I go home, and I say to my mom, you need to take me to church. And she's like, this is a change. Wow, okay. She brings me to church. God begins to move in her life. She gets expectant. One night, she falls down on her knees in her bedroom and she says, God, if you're real, like you're showing David that you're real, would you maybe just do something for me? Would you show me that you exist? Would you show me that you love me? The next morning, she wakes up, she turns on her radio. No one touched my mom's radio or you got a slipper to the back of the head. Like that was her radio, right? And, uh, and so no one had touched this radio, but that next morning, she, she listened to the same station for six years, but that next morning, by coincidence, right, the radio was tuned into a Christian channel and a well-known lady called Joyce Meyer was speaking. She spoke about the cross and my mom gave her life to Jesus. God did a miracle in my mom's life. Shortly after that, come on, we can celebrate that. Shortly after that, my father, it's funny, I still remember the day, that day, when my mom told me and I got all excited and my sister had given her life to Jesus just before that at our, at our youth group and there was three of us following Jesus and it was just my dad and my dad came home from work and he stopped in the hall and he goes, what have you done? <laughs> my mom's like, what? And he said, you became a Christian, didn't you? I can feel it. <laughs> and I'm like, if you can feel it, just say yes, like come on. And, uh, and he could sense the presence of God in our home. But he began to run. And it wasn't until we came to Florida, come on, America. It wasn't until we visited Florida. There's just, a, there's just an anointing on this nation, come on. And uh, we came here and we went to Florida. And the first morning of us staying in a friend's villa, the swimming pool cleaner comes out and starts cleaning the pool. But my dad thought we were being burgled. And my dad is a martial artist. And so he runs outside in his boxers and starts swinging at this old man with this kind of pool cleaner. And my dad, they finally figure out what's going on. And the man stops. And he looks at my dad and my dad says, what? <laughs> and he says, I believe in God and I feel like God speaks to me. And he said, the Lord is saying that he's been pursuing your family. Your wife has given her life to Jesus. Your children have given their lives to Jesus. And he said, the Lord wants me to ask you, Nevin, which is my father's name, where do you expect to go when you die? Where do you expect to go? Do you know that you're going to heaven? My dad turned white walked into the room and sat on the edge of the bed. My mom said, what happened? He said, nothing. <laughs> and a few months later, my, my dad gave his life to Jesus and his life began to change. And it all started from getting expectant at a youth camp. It wasn't me, <laughs> but I'm telling you, when expectancy and faith came into our family and God, God started to move, stuff started to change. It's time to be expectant. So I wanna leave you just very quickly today with three things, three reasons why we can live a life of expectancy. It's time to be expectant because, and this is the first thing, because God gives us his presence. He gives us his presence. I wanna do a little demonstration for you. 
real quick. I'm used to working with young people and demonstrations help them. And, uh, and so if this, if this piece of paper is our story, right, and we all have our own story, and we come to God with our mess, I don't know what your story is, but in there, there's probably, uh, there's probably pain, there's probably a past, and there's problems. We all come to God as we are with our pain, with our past, and with our problems. Don't judge my handwriting. Like I said, Irish people just about know English. All right. So we come with our pain, our past, and our problems. We come before God. And what excites me, and it took me a long time to realize this, is I don't need to clean myself up in order for God to fill me with his presence. I don't need to work everything out in order to come to God. No, as Pastor Steve often says, I come to God, and he fills me with his presence, and he begins to clean me. And me coming to God and God giving me his presence is not based on my perfection. It's based on the righteousness of Christ, on the blood of Jesus, that when I say yes to the blood of Jesus, he gives me his presence. That's good news. You don't have to be perfect today in church in order to experience God, but he perfects us. And so my mom's going to judge me for how I fold uh, my paper today. Um, But if this is our life, and by the way, students, this is an envelope. Uh, vintage, very, very cool. Uh, the first ever text message. Come on. What God promises to do is envelop our lives with His presence. And Ephesians 1.13 says that we are sealed. Somebody says sealed. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one and done. It's not just I experienced you when I was 15 and then I just live off that experience. Daily, God is offering us his presence and he seals us with a promise. He gives us his presence. The second thing that we do, because the thing is, I could keep this letter, but it would never fulfill its purpose if I just held it to myself. No, what I do next is it gets delivered. And God doesn't just fill us with his presence, but he wants to deliver us today. He wants to heal us He wants to get rid of thoughts of rejection, negative thoughts, negative self-image, feelings of shame and guilt. He wants to deliver us and heal us. Now, I'd like to think of myself as a smart guy. So if I tried to bring this to Ireland myself, I probably couldn't do it. But what I do instead is I put it in the hands of people who I trust in order to get it there. And what God does is that God takes our lives and he fills us with his presence, but then he puts us in the hands of people who he trusts in order for deliverance to come. And I want to tell you, church, you cannot get to where God calls you to be alone. And that's why this season's been so difficult. It's been a season of isolation, but you're called a restoration, not isolation. And that's why we're doing a small groups launch on this weekend. It's because we believe in it. Pastor Steve believes in it. I've seen it happen on Wednesday nights where young people come in, and I'm going to say it, they're high, some of them. Some of them are on some drugs I didn't even know existed. And they get into small groups. And over the weeks, I start to see them get free. Over the weeks, I start to see them get filled with his presence. They become leaders. Then they become people who lead others into God's presence. But they don't do it sitting at home playing Call of Duty. <laughs> they do it in God's presence. They do it in God's church. And so I want to make a plea to any parent in here or anybody who knows a student, if you can get them to us, I promise you God will do something. If you can get them there on a Wednesday, if you can get them on a Thursday, we want to partner with you and see God move and bring them into deliverance. He seals us. He heals us. And I get so excited because the next part is special. As we get healed and God's community works with us and and God brings peace and clarity and we get brought to somebody else who doesn't know Jesus, maybe outside of this church, as we 
open up our lives to them and we share about what God has done. It's no longer pain and problems and past, but it becomes purpose. It becomes life change. It becomes, God, why did I go through that? It changes from that to God. I may have gone through it. It may not bend your will for me, but I've seen you do a miracle out of the mess. And I found myself sitting in front of teenagers talking about things that I went through that I used to ask God, why did I have to go through it, God? And he'd whisper to me, do you understand now? Do you see what I can do? I'm sitting in front of teenagers who say, nobody understands because of the things I've walked through or some of our leaders have walked through. They get to say, I understand. Now let me walk you to a place of healing with God's presence. So the final thing he does, he seals us with his promise He begins to heal us and we can't see it outside of his church, outside of his body. But then he sends us with purpose. And you may be in here today and you're thinking, I don't really have much of a testimony. I don't really have much of a story. I promise you, if you get available, watch who God will bring you to. Just watch. I want to finish with this story. Two Saturday nights ago, I I came out of service and I had an Instagram, Instagram message on my phone And it was from a guy that I'd never met. He's a a, a student at a local high school. He had just graduated and he said, Pastor David, I don't know you, but I need to speak to you. I'm thinking, which of our students is most likely to have punched this guy or got in a fight? Let me figure out. No, I'm just kidding. And so I call him and he said, I don't want you to speak. I just want you to listen. I was like, sounds like my wife when I've done something wrong. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like, yes, sir, bring it. He said, my entire high school career, I was an atheist. He said, I've written thousands of documents about how God isn't real. He's extremely intelligent, this guy. He said, I've read thousands of articles, books upon books, stating how God doesn't exist. He said, but at the start of my senior year, I got a herniated disc. I had to drop out of basketball. I had to drop out of all physical activity. And I thought I would get over it. Doctors told me I would work my way through it. He said, until I found myself laying in a bed in excruciating pain and I hadn't slept in six days. He said, God brought me to a place of brokenness that I've never experienced. And I walked out of my house, into my garden. He said, I fell down on my knees and I said, God, I know you and I haven't really been getting along, but if you can heal me, I'll give you my life. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like, but if you can do it, you can take everything that I am. And he wakes up and he's completely healed. Completely healed. He goes to the doctors. They have no idea what's going on. He says, God healed me. They start laughing. Are you serious? He said, God healed me. He said, I don't even know either. Like, I don't understand either. I'm not trying to push it down your throat. I'm I'm, I'm figuring this out too. He said, David, I need you to teach me how to walk and live a life for God because now I've made the commitment I need to do it. He starts to share at his college. He's been there for two days and his roommate is of another religion. And his roommate says, what happened to you in the last couple of days? He said, Jesus healed me. Let me tell you about him. His roommate starts getting excited and starts wondering what's going on. And in the space of three days, God fills him with his presence, delivers him and heals him and starts to send him with purpose. That is God's purpose for each of us. And you may have been on pause for a while. I don't know who I'm speaking to. You may have been on pause or you may have been caught up in what's going on outside these walls. 
It's very understandable. We're all emotionally disoriented. It's a different kind of way to live right now, but I wanna tell you, do not lose your expectancy in the God who does miracles, because he can do it for you. Amen, come on. So what I, wanna, what I wanna do today as we close, I wanna ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes because I feel like God is stirring up faith in the hearts of his people. I feel like it is, it's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. God, thank you that your mercy is new every day. I feel like today some of you have been ignited for the first time or reignited. You've been awakened. So if any of you in here today would like to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're like the young guy I spoke about. I don't really know what it means, but God, if you can take my life and change it, I've tried everything else. But if I give my life to you, God, I want you to do something with it. And if that's you today, I wanna ask you just to raise your hand so I can see who I'm praying with. Right now, wherever you are, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today in faith and in expectation, you don't have to know what it's gonna look like. But I promise you, he'll take your life and do something special. I see all those hands, incredible. Church, can we come together and can we pray with those whose hands are raised today? Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, come on, say it with me. Say, Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say this, say, Jesus, I turn from my past, I turn from my mistakes, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Give me a new reason to live. Say this, say, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Father, we thank you for the sealing word of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that is working deep within the hearts of your people. Father, I thank you that you have got us expecting today. Father, I thank you that there are lives that have been changed today. And God, I pray that as we move forward through this season, we would not let an unexpected season determine our expectancy of our God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And Church of the King said, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus today. Come on. Come on, y'all give it up one more time big for Pastor Dave. Great job, man of God. Hey, give me one second. For those of you that made a decision for Christ today, we rejoice with you. We'd like to ask you to let us know that you made a decision for the Lord, and you can do that. There's a card that's located in the seat back in front of you that says, it's the same one that says connection. On the other side is decision. That's where you can let us know that you made a decision. Fill that out if you would. And, and the, uh, the, bu the buckets are available. Again, those of you that prepared to give in the offering, you can give that on your way out. But you can also place these cards in there or your guest cards as well. Um, if you don't have a pen or you can't write, then just text the word CONNECT to 822-822 and we'll reach out to you that way. Why don't we go ahead and stand. How many of y'all enjoyed that message today? Wasn't that great? Come on, we're going to lean into expectancy. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, God. We make a decision today that we're going to lean in expectant that you're going to do great things in our lives. Father, I pray your favor surround my brothers and sisters today as with a shield. God, go before them and make their path clear before them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Man, what a great message. I hope you were encouraged and challenged with this week's message. Now, let's make the rest of this week a great week by committing to getting plugged into a small group. Once again, we've got plenty of online groups for you. It's really easy. 
all you have to do is text the word groups to the number 822-822 for more information and to find a group that works for you. I promise you, you're not gonna regret it. We love our Church Online family and can't wait to be with you again next week. So have a great week. And if you need anything this week, please reach out to us anytime by emailing online at churchoftheking.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you.